0: You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hi, listeners. This is two of the Very Loose Women from Resonance FM, and we are making a special half hour for XFM. And we're really excited to share what it's like to be a woman living in the UK. Obviously, we can only speak from our perspectives. Mm. We're going to be sharing our experience of what it's like to be a woman, not just in the UK, but in London. So, my name is Leo. I am 31 which seems crazy to say. I'm a journalist and I live in South London. Of course, I am Soiler. I'm 24. I grew
1: up and still live in an area of London called Hillingdon, and that's over in West London, so about an hour away, actually, from where Leo lives. I'm also a journalist. I'm very interested in data, and I write a lot about climate change and the effects of climate change on communities in the UK but also around the world.
0: So I thought before we launch into sharing what it's like to be a woman in the UK now for us uh, we could give a bit about our background.
1: I was born and raised in London initially growing up in an area called Sipson which is just outside of Heathrow Airport so kind of was very used to lots of noise and kind of the bustle and the kind of busyness of London, and then moved away from there, um, but remained in the West. Soiler, of course, is, I say of course, but it's not your typical English name. And so my heritage is that of South American, Indigenous South American, specifically in Trinidad and Venezuela. And on my that's on my dad's side, hence the hence the name, and on my mum's side, they are Ukrainian slash Russian. I think that quite nicely describes the mix that you get in London of all sorts of different people um, with all sorts of different backgrounds.
0: I grew up in Kent, which is a county south of London. It's very green and known for being quite a rich area of the Mm UK. And I moved out of Kent uh, with my family when I was about six and a half. And my family actually moved to France, to Paris, because my father is French and I am also French. I was born there. So I'm actually, in terms of identity, not a Londoner at all, definitely not as much as Soiler. I haven't lived here for nearly as long, but I've adopted it as my hometown, sort of, Mm. since I was 21. In terms of my background then, my mum is British Mm. and my dad is actually, he was born in France so he's French but his dad is actually from Alsace which used to be German so his dad was German and his mum was at the time when she was born it was Austria-Hungary so she was actually Viennese so Austrian. I guess genetically, I'm not at all French. <laughs> I'm very little English. Yeah, But also very mixed. Very mixed, yeah. And I think it is typical of London. Mm. I think that London is a very diverse place and it's that's one of the things that I love about it. Mm. Given that I just gave this very European background, I should say that the UK is facing a big division coming up. Yes. Uh, we are separating potentially, it's looking very likely from the European Union. And given that like, a lot of my identity is European, that will have an impact on me. Mm. Our first question, we're doing a sort of exchange and I've mirrored our questions with the ones that XFM presenters are sharing about themselves, is what do we wear and where do we find our clothes?
1: Well, I'll, I'll start. At the moment, we've just kind of got out of winter where usually it's cold. But um, it has been a bit extreme in terms of the warmth that you would expect to have in winter. Um, which for for climate change reasons is alarming. But for me and the clothes I wear reasons um, means that I am a bit unsure about what exactly I should be wearing at this time of year. And I really like being in warm clothes. I wear a lot of jumpers very neutral colours, blacks, grays. I think in London the fashion is very different. Lots of people wear lots of different things and sometimes you can kind of tell what a person might like to do, maybe they um they dress a certain way to kind of fit in with a certain uh social group or or something, but it's never it's never quite clear cut. Well, I don't shop a lot. I like to kind of hang on to clothes or I like to um occasionally make them myself. Um so a hobby I have is is dressmaking and um, trying to make a shirt at the moment but it's it's oh. very slow going it's very slow going
0: didn't know that
1: yeah um, but that's I think that's the kind of my general scheme um, of course there's lots of clothes shops here there's so much and You choice. worked in one as well. You yes, in a I, shop. I, I did.
0: Used to work in a clothes shop. You have a, a thorough knowledge of how the sort of fashion industry works here because of that.
1: Yeah, I and That's have also it. written about fashion, the fashion industry as well. So I, I like, I like to think that my style is very mute, kind of muted. Mute. It's not kind of big and loud. But also, I think ultimately the most important thing is that I'm very comfortable with what I wear. I don't like wearing clothes that make me feel uncomfortable and so i actively choose for for kind of
0: comfort over style sometimes yeah, i'm definitely the same yesterday i wore some trousers that were slightly too tight and i really okay. re- really regretted it i've i've gained a bit of a bum and a belly since turning 30 and I've adapted my wardrobe accordingly, but there are still some remnants from when I was a little um, stick. <laughs> no, I generally wear quite androgynous clothes, I would say. Also very muted tones, blues, greys, blacks. I very rarely wear skirts. I used to wear them a lot more, and now I just don't really feel comfortable in no, them. I've seen you in a skirt. No, I know I don't think I've worn one for a few years. Mm. And I guess in terms of fashion, I think what's really what really defines my style is that I won't... As much as possible, actually, I can't remember the last time that I bought a new item of clothing. So I always buy secondhand. I always buy from thrift stores or I'm given them or I steal them from my partner. So I have like, I mean, steal knowingly. They know because just because of the supply chain in fashion, which I find is very problematic at a lot of levels. There's a lot of waste in Britain, I feel, in terms of clothes. People feel the need to buy them every season. And I think that that's a problem. Uh, because people throw away a lot of clothes here.
1: Mm. One of the questions um, that I'm going to ask you is, who are the women
0: that you look up to? I grew up with two older sisters, and it's really hard not to look up to your older sisters, I feel, and they've always been there for me. We've had quite hard, we had quite a tough family environment a lot of the time when I was growing up, and they've just always fought for me to be happy, and I really appreciate that. So I think... First and foremost, if I'm looking at women that I look up to, I would say my sisters. My big sister is very business-minded. She's very clear about what she wants and what she wants to get out of other people. And I really admire that Mm. in her. She also has, like everyone else, her vulnerabilities. And my other sister is an artist. Very young, she decided what she wanted to do. And she went for it with a complete disregard for how other people might react. And I think that that is one of the most inspiring things that's happened to me is to have someone that close to me Mm. go for what they want in that way. Mm. So I'd definitely say both of them. To look further afield, I definitely respect working journalists that I know of, that I follow on Twitter and I see their work and I read it and I'm just bowled over. Writers really impress me, um, especially when I like their style um, and photographers.
1: I think for me... um You know, I never had any sisters, sadly. I think I always wanted a sister. But no, and besides kind of the kind of family members who I look up to, you know, my mum, my nan, I think there are some really inspiring women who have some attention in kind of the British media who um, have also really caught my eye. And one of those young women is Greta Thunberg, and she is a Swedish teenager who, last August, she started to skip school one day a week. And she would go outside her parliament and she would say, hey, you know, you're not doing enough about climate change. And I'll probably mention climate change, <laughs> climate change a little bit, but only because it's it's something that's very important to me and something that I think we have to be discussing now, especially with, you know, with things going on in the world. But she is this young girl who's then inspired... School children and not just school children, but adults and people at university, all sorts of people across the world to go on school strikes or to come out in support of of school strikes and to get the message across to people who are politicians, who are you know big business owners and celebrities, even um that this is something we should all be care caring for. A lot more, about, yeah, yeah, caring about, absolutely. So just her her presence as, as this kind of very young woman gives me a lot of hope. And I think, you know, she's someone who isn't afraid to kind of speak out for what she completely believes in. And um, I want to have that kind of air of, you know, just doing it and just saying it. Of course, there are other kind of very inspirational Women, again, you mentioned journalists and writers. I think Reni Ego Lodge is someone whose writing I really like. There are so many women who kind of have voices and who kind of speak up and who um, have messages which can resonate with, with so many people and so many women, of course, um, that also really speak to me. And I think I want to try and kind of have a bit of that edge, that coolness, that yeah.
0: that kind of outspokenness. Me too. I, de- I think I'm very timid often with my opinions. Uh, I worry that they're going to get me into trouble, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that the theme that a lot of these women have is that they, I think they do have that worry, mm-hmm. but sometimes the
0: need to say it is greater than the Overrides worry. Overrides it, yeah. yeah. We have both worked in offices. Mm-hmm. we both experienced what it's like to be a woman in an office, in a working environment. So... Maybe if we speak broadly about that, but really my question is about if we've ever faced any discrimination due to our gender. I don't think I've
1: specifically noticed. It's not been very obvious discrimination, but it's always comments that can really feel like they're undermining my ability or my skill in something. And the only reason I can think of for that is it's sexism. I've had things where on the internet for example and, and women in the media or just women in general have a lot of you know they can receive a lot of hate and and kind of online abuse or you know from the internet and and I've definitely received that I've I've been called things when I've spoken out about male I won't call I won't call them celebrities but kind of things that these men in power or men with considerable influence say and I think you know maybe Maybe you shouldn't be saying that, or maybe you know you should think about the responsibility that you have, and then when I publicly you know attest to to what this person said or done, that's when I'll receive. I'll receive the feedback. And you see lots of, you see so many women who receive that kind of abuse. Members of Parliament like Diane Abbott, um, who gets a lot of sexism and racism as well. Mm -hmm. Women like Munro Bergdorf, who gets a lot of anti-LGBT and and transphobic um, abuse directed at her. And it's definitely something which you observe as a woman as well. And it makes you think, well, should I, you second guess whether you should say something or not for fear of that abuse. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, it's not fear of the abuse went for not speaking out. A lot of the time, it's, it's a power structure around me. The times where I've heard sexist comments in the office, once I was leaving work and someone senior to me said, I said I was going to the pub and he said, I thought women didn't drink pints.
2: Mm. And
0: I don't drink pints because I have a dietary requirement that stops me <laughs> drinking them. I drink pints of cider, but not beer. And then I just felt it was uncalled for and very classic sexism. Mm. But there's definitely more insidious ones where you feel you can't speak up as loud because you're a woman, whereas perhaps the male equivalent of you would be taken more seriously. Mm.
1: And it's also those little... It is those little comments. Um, Recently, our kitchen has just been renovated. Really? The oven or something to cook with hadn't worked for about a week. Um, And this new oven was installed and the the man who was helping to build the kitchen, he turned around and he said, oh, you know, you can get her to come and cook you a nice meal now. Mm. And it was kind of that, you know, the suggestion, because I was the only woman in the house and um, like my mum was away on holiday and all of this, mm. that, okay, well, I am the cook, you know, and that was what I was reduced to. I felt like I was reduced to in that moment was yeah. just this this service person. And I don't think I don't think people realise with comments like that how hurtful and how much of an impact they can have
0: yeah definitely um and that's the same of um i know men who feel it's appropriate to say things of a sexual nature in the workplace Mm. and i just can't i get the sense i don't know if this is statistically proven but that that's more frequent among men than it is among women Mm. and it has more impact from men because they're in a position of power historically so we
1: do actually um have some snippets of um, us that we recorded earlier, um, are of us just going about our daily lives, um, kind of a day in the life of a, of a Londoner almost. So that's uh, me, um, Leo, so um, we'll play that now.
2: This is Soiler's Audio Diary, also on Wednesday the 6th of March. I have just woken up. Um, my alarm was going off earlier uh, and usually I will wake up sleep through <laughs> the first one and um go and then uh, and then get up after the second Alexa news flash here's your flash briefing so one of the first things i do in the morning is um check my phone Um, So I'll check the news firstly, and I also have the news playing in the background on the radio. Um, I will check my emails and see if I've had anything come in, if there's any update on some jobs I'm doing. Um, And I will check, um, I'll check messages, and then I'll check other social media. And... Um, I try to spend as little time as possible on social media. Um, but I do like to see uh, what my friends are up to, what's going on. Um, and that's how I usually start my day. It's less typical. I don't eat breakfast so I've got no uh, no breakfast updates for you but um, that's how that's how I get up and, and get going.
1: I have two jobs to do this morning. Both of them are using the computer, um, but the first job
2: involves proofreading translations into English, and um, the second job is doing some research
1: for a job which I will then go and do later on this week. Um, so I do kind of lots of forward planning um, with my work. and. Um, it shouldn't take me shouldn't take me too long to get through this. Okay. I'm walking to the tube station. Um it's about a fifteen minute walk if I'm taking it easy, but because of the weather I think it'll probably be I'll cut that down to ten minutes. We're all
0: from the feet bake here. We're walking down the fifth and we're using an escalator. Keep your feet
2: here and fifth. Sound in the right. and on the back. So I'm here, I'm at the studio at Resonance FM, ready to get looking at the plan and start today's show, um, Very Loose Women. So I'm very excited and hopefully this has given you listeners a little insight into um, my average, very relaxed working
0: day. This is Leo's audio diary. It is Wednesday, the 6th of March, my alarm just went off on my phone. I spent a lot of time throughout the night cat butlering. There's the neighbour's cat and my partner's cat who pick various times, particularly around 4 o'clock in the morning, to come in and out of the house. So I have to open and close doors with them all the time. Uh, but I went to bed around 11, I think. Um, yesterday I wasn't working because I worked a night shift. I needed to stay in bed all day. I'm up now, and I'm about to get myself some tea. Rice Krispies, Um, for breakfast, and some tea. I'm just walking to the bus stop. I actually can't top up my phone because money was stolen off of my bank card so they froze it they're gonna send me another one it was like some online thing i won't have to pay i think the bank is covering it so as a result i can't top up my phone i'm using a sort of um intermediate card it's complicated walking to the bus stop it says the bus is one minute away st giles church 36 Two. Please. 9:30. I'm going into Oval Station. I just missed the tube. Next The,
2: of the train, the This is the Northern Line train by a bank terminating at Edgeworth.
0: <coughs> <coughs> I'm ready to depart. Is my closed doors? i closed doors. I have to be at work in four minutes. It looks like it's going to be a cold and foggy day. I'm wearing my regular black shoes, black jeans, and a green hiking coat to stay warm. Uh, Pressing the button to enter because I don't have a permanent card because I'm freelance. I'm just in the lift at work going down across to my sister's who happens to live right next door uh, where I'm going to go have lunch. Uh, It's 1.30. There you go. And I'm out. So I'm retracing my steps from this morning, as I said, uh, my sister lives, like, about three minutes walk, which is really nice, I get to see her in the middle of the day. Um, I know that she wants to give me a few things, she's moving house, so, so I have to, like, have a look, and then I'll use her microwave, heat up my lunch, and maybe share some with her, we'll see if she wants any. Okay, well, bit of a mistake, I don't think my sister is in. Hang on, I'll ring again. <coughs> nope, I guess I'm having my normal lunch at work then. Oh well. Ugh. So annoying. We had pre-planned this, but hey, I'll um, eat my paneer alone. Back up, I just got a text from my brother in law saying they're not home, so that makes sense now. Ah. I just finished work, uh, there was a new person on my desk today. I'm on my way to the radio station, might drop by my sister's beforehand because Camden Town is on the Northern Line so it just takes half an hour to get to Resonance FM where we do very loose women I'll go pop in and see my big sister next door to my work It's almost dark outside and almost six o'clock and the rain has stopped but the floor and the pavements are all wet Nothing's going in my shoes though, which is a relief. The puddles aren't deep enough. And it's a bit chilly, but I've got my coat open, so I actually warmer than this morning. Just buzzing to see if my sister's in. Hello? Hi, it's me. Oh
2: uh,
0: hi. Leah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm at my sister's and she's giving me stuff because she's moving out. This you asked for. These I thought you might like, but you don't have to take them. Hmm. You try them on? Yeah, they're glasses. I uh, got held up talking to my sister and my brother-in-law. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to be late for resonance. Said I'd get there at seven. I think I'll be there at 7.15. Uh, it should be okay. So I'm currently at Euston. Um, I took the wrong branch of the Northern line, uh, coming out of work because I'm absent-minded after a day in the office. I'm going to be more late than I expected. Please
2: mind the gap between the train and the platform. Mm.
0: So now it's time to sum up. What do we think of being a woman in the UK as a sort of conclusion?
1: Mm. I think in the UK we do have a lot of freedom that women in other places around the world don't have that's something that's very recognizable it's something that you know we've had a long we've had these freedoms for a long time compared to with men in this country it's no time at all mm. but you know I'm able to go out and vote I'm able to drive a car I'm able to to rare to wear relatively what I want, but there are still struggles, there are still things I look at, and I think we could do much better so yeah. representation in parliament definitely um and not only in Parliament but in the industry we both work in in journalism yeah. um representation in things like the police force or yeah. you know um big corporations there's lots of these things which are you know designed. For people in mind, I was reading a, an article actually about how phones, because they're designed by men, they don't fit women's hands because yeah. women typically have smaller hands. And it's all those little things, you know the way that the world around us is built and that there is a, that kind of way to go on a general day to day basis. I'm very happy with who I am. And part of who I am is a woman, but it doesn't define what makes me me.
0: I have similar mixed feelings. I am very proud to live in the UK. I picked it over living in France quite consciously because I felt women were in a better position. I feel in France, I mean, it could have been because I was a teenager, it probably was, but um, I did feel that there was just more casual sexism generally. Um, Here in the UK, I feel like if you raise a complaint, it's taken more seriously Mm. uh, and it's not brushed off. Obviously, this was... 15 odd years ago in France there is a gender pay gap legally women and men have to be paid the same for the same job but what we see is women being paid less across the board and women not rising as high in institutions and that's all the problems that you talked about And I think that that's a major issue that we need resolving. The number of MPs, like you said, in Parliament, that's a key example of the fact that we just need more women in positions of power and Mm -hmm. we just don't have it. We don't have equality in the House of Commons and that's a really, really big problem. I do want to say just one thing before we end, and this isn't from my personal experience, but in the UK it's a huge issue. Domestic violence, violence against women and girls in the UK is still a huge, huge problem. And I don't think we've resolved sexism until we've properly addressed why that's happening on such a high level and why uh, claims and support for these women is not sufficient right now. I think we are given a lot of freedom. So, for instance, the article that you're referring to, that's someone who spent three years looking into statistical bias and, and data around what it's like to be a woman. And more of this is being uncovered and more of it is being pointed out. But I do feel when someone raises that point, as this author has... She gets pointed at and shouted at by men on Twitter to say, oh, you're skewing the statistics. This isn't true. And it is true. There is discrimination. But also that's kind of to say, don't rest on our laurels. We have gone quite far. We have the vote. Um, We have salaries. We have bank accounts. But there's there's a lot of hope, I think, as well, that we
1: pick up these things for more often when we talk about them, when they do arise kind of big campaigns and big movements as well, like um, the hashtag Me Too movement and, you know, talking about these things. Although we're not at the place where we want to be, that path, I think we can see it and we know how to get there. And although, like with anything, you struggle along the way, but I definitely think there is that hope there. It's just hopefully, you know, we can start to put things in place that can accelerate that, uh, that, arriving at this kind of... You know, end point of of just when I say equality, I mean it in the sense of, you know, not having to worry that because I'm a woman, it's the reason that I'm not getting somewhere or kind of being fearful that if I say something, a man's going to turn around and tell me I'm wrong or he's going to turn around and say that, you know, just hurl some abuse at me. Well, so um, so yes, that is that is our our take on what it's like to live in London and also being women in the UK. Um, we have been very loose women. Um, I have been soiler, and thank you, Leo, for no worries for um for your thoughts. It's been a pleasure also to kind of have this interaction and to do this, uh, exchange. this exchange with XFM. Yeah. And we hope that you um, enjoyed listening to our show too. We actually do talk a lot about other kind of women's issues, a broad range of topics, and a lot of those episodes are up online. Um, so we are Very Loose Women, and um, we go out on iTunes and ACAST.com. Um, we also are on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we're at VLW Radio in case you listeners are interested in hearing more of uh, what we do